the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation basketball is still happening, albeit in a different way. Nico Tamurian is going to tell us all about that as he joins us once again here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, brother. How are you? I am great. Now, I'm not telling you what to do, but if I was you and I had all this free time on my hands, maybe a little bit more than usual, I would just spend it uh, polishing the, the Street Crunch trophy. That would just be me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, Wayne has that right now. I, I got to check on that. Yeah, yeah. You, you got. I trust Wayne. He earned it. He is a Street Crunch Hall of Famer. But, uh, you know, make sure he's taking proper care of it and there's no dents or anything in it because I'm going to take that back from you in a few months. So just make sure it's in good condition. Okay? Well, you know what? Honestly, goodness, be the, I just want to have the game. Yes. So be the morning I wouldn't even know if they're in mind losing because I just want, to, just want to play the game. Now, so. Nico, here's the thing. I'm thinking, like, we, we heard about another Bayheim's Army participant today, right? Malachi Richardson was added to the team, and that's given us something to look forward to. Our hockey game, our street crunch game, could be, could be like the big sporting event of the summer to look forward to after Bayheim's Army. Like this could be huge, man. We could have we might have to figure out how to, you know, properly socially distance and everything, but we could have a huge crowd behind the War Memorial. This could be the biggest uh, street crunch game of all time. Well, since we never usually actually use him in the game, I think we'll have Vance, you know, do the tests right before, make sure everybody's okay and then <laughs> <laughs> we can play, make sure everybody's safe, right? Vance fails the test no matter what. Sorry, can't play, Vance. Bye-bye. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. So, uh, boy, I was happy to hear this, and it's kind of unique how it came about. So tell us the story, for those that don't know, how you ended up uh, being a part of the basketball, and it's going to be a, a television and web event this year. Give us all the details of what's happening Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. It was a few weeks ago. Um one afternoon, I believe it was a Friday, Julie Beheim called me, and you know, obviously, uh, knowing that the gala in its traditional form, uh, a turning film wasn't going to be able to happen, right? So uh, they were looking at a couple different scenarios, but she just had this idea of maybe broadcasting it on our station. And, and first of all, you know, for, just love what Coach and Julie do in our community. So for her to, you know, call me was uh, was really quite an honor. I mean, we talk in every you know occasionally anyway, but uh, to have her think of our station for that role was really really special. And uh, once she made that call, I brought it to our management and news director Sean Carroll, Amy Collins, our GM, and our assistant news director Shanna Barnello, and they're really spearheading this effort. And uh, man, so that's how it started, and it's evolved. And the ideas, I mean, even now, you know, a lot of the ideas have been gathered TV term, like we've, we've shot some video and things like that, but even on the conference calls and the ideas that Julie had and um, our team was coming up with, I just knew this was going to be special. I really genuinely can't wait. I'm a part of the broadcast, but I'm going to be you know, watching it too when I'm not on the air as well. Now, uh, there's a lot of unique things that you could do here, and in it, for the Bayheims to invite us into their home to do this, we got a little bit of a sense of it during the Facebook Live with the national championship. But uh, just from some of the teaser videos you've put out, Nico, I think we're we're going to get a broader perspective of it. And boy, that that shot that Jim Bayheim sunk. Tell us about that because you were there filming that, right? Yeah, that video is from my cell phone, actually. Yeah, and we're you know we we're in full partnership with the foundation of this. So yeah, obviously, just give it to them. They can do whatever they want. We're just gracious there you know, partnering with us on this. And so, um, yeah, that was leg legitimately the second try. Um, wow. He tried it once and like, listen, you know, you haven't shot a basketball in a little while. You're going to need to get your bearings. And then he kind of like, buddy kind of, I don't know what exactly what he said, but he kind of like jeered him a little bit. And Jim's like, I'll make this one. And then sure enough, he did. So 
listen, anybody wants to criticize the form, the dude made it on the second try. And that's, that was a long shot, too. Like, whatever. It was, I was like, oh, my God. That was, that was awesome. I'm not criticizing so. the form. You do what works for you, man, especially at 75 years old. And look, here's the Heck thing. Yeah. Rick Barry had that unique free throw shooting style. My man never missed free throws, okay? Just look, exactly. at, look at the percentages, okay? So... Well, what is are we gonna? Is that a sneak preview of like a horse game we're gonna see maybe on Saturday between the Bayheim boys um, and, and Dad? Or what do we got? I, I will say you will you will see. Hmm, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. <laughs> to, you will see more in that gym. I will. I will. Okay. I can definitely say you'll see more in that gym. Fair. Okay. Um. And and every family member was in that gym. Good to know. That's what I'll say. Good to know. I'm looking forward. And to that, that is. Um. And that's what I'm saying here is that. You know, I even said it on Twitter, that shot from Coach, as awesome as it was, and it went, you know, made the rounds on social media, that is the tip of the iceberg here. And this is really going back to Julie's initial idea to broadcast on our station. This is people want something to watch. Jim said it. They need a distraction right now. Um, listen, the, the Last Dance documentary is obviously amazing, but it just illustrates even further how much people need something to watch. And this is something, if you're a Syracuse basketball fan, you have to watch it. And even if you're not in Central New York, you got to watch it on CNY Central Facebook or CNYcentral.com. Trust me, you got to watch this. Jim is in rare form, the whole family, giving us really this <laughs> exclusive look. It's outstanding. I like, When I was there, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God, like, I can't believe we get to show this. This is awesome. You know what I mean? Nico Tamarian's our guest, CNY Central Sports Director, of course, friend of the show, except that one day we play that street hockey game. <laughs> so, Nico, uh, is there a way, usually the, the gala is that, you buy tickets, you go, it's a big night, and there's a band and a guest speaker and the whole thing at Turning Stone, and that's a way to raise money. Is there going to be a way for us to help raise money during the broadcast Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you can, of course... Always, you know, go to the website and there's the, you know, the donate link uh, button right there at the Jim and Julie, the BayonFoundation.org website. Um, you know, we have, so here's the thing, like you mentioned, normally you buy tickets, you have all that sort of thing like that. That's what's really unique about this is that literally everybody can join it, right? And so, you know, there's all these, you know, auction items and things of that sort that, you, know, you hear about it. Like, remember when the, the jacket he tossed the Duke game, we heard about that going at the auction for about, what was it, $20,000 or something like that? Right. You know, those are stories you normally heard about, you know, days later. You're all going to be seeing that live. Like, this isn't some, like, state secret. And, and so here's the deal, and it's on our website. If you text, and I know this is a mouthful for me to just say out loud, so if you're writing it down or just go to our website as well. If you text uh, JJB. F ball, JJBF ball, if you think about it, Jim Julie Bayheim Foundation ball to 76278, that's your registration. You're in the auction. You can bid on all these cool things. There's a lot of cool stuff. And of course, if you're interested in some of those cool things like that, you can see um, how these auction items are going and things like that. So really, the Bayheim Gala, the basketball gala, has just been one of these really special events. I know it's my favorite night of the year. We go almost every year. And to have that be open to everybody and then to really have them open their lives to us um, is really, really, really cool. Uh, again, it's so special, not just the cause and what they're doing to help. You know, they help out every day in central New York, but those causes really taking on a new meaning and needing their help more than ever in this crisis right now. So really it's COVID-19 relief uh, the way the Bayon Foundation always helps out.
How have things been on the TV front? You came over here a couple weeks ago. We were nice enough to do a little story on what I'm doing uh, during the sports uh, shutdown of 2020. How about you? How have things been going? What have you been reporting on? What have been some of your, your favorite stories you've had to do in this uh, lack of sports? Well, there's no way top, uh, a story with Brent Axe is ever going to get top. No way. I mean, story. That's, that's what I meant to say. What what, you know, it, what starts mix, at number you know? two on the list was, was my, my question. <laughs> there you go. We'll start at number two. You know, I'm not just like, you know, for me, the way I've always approached the job, listen, yeah, we're driven by games and events and things like that. But my firm belief is you have to be a storyteller. Uh, in every sense of the word, you don't just, even when you're doing an SU basketball, you don't just show like highlights, like, okay, tell me the story of the game within those highlights. So, um, I've always, the way I've approached this job is kind of set up to tell those stories, even when there's not games. So Brent Axe story, number one, um, you know, there's just been a lot of different, um, a lot of different ones. I don't know if I have a favorite. Like, you know, I think about it in the hockey world, Anthony Angelo, the kid from Manlius, makes his NHL debut with the Pittsburgh Penguins, scores his first goal, and then, bam, everything gets shut down. I mean, what's that like, right? So we did a story with him a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we had the national title look back. Akeem Warwick taking me through every fine detail of the block. That was, I mean, that was so cool to hear about. Then you find out when I talked to Eric Devendorf that that title year is one of the main reasons he went to Syracuse because he was committed to Michigan State. Saw Q speed him out there, and okay, this this I could fit in with this team, and as we know, the rest is history. So, um, and then of course, you know, really, uh, in the last week or so, I mean, as we've kind of let these little sneak peeks and snippets of the gala out of uh, for everybody to see, that's been really fun. And I, again, I'm not. This isn't just a line to get people to watch. What we've put out there so far is really tip of the iceberg kind of stuff. Because I mean, it is. Um, really unique access to the Bayheim family. And I think everybody, well, <laughs> I know everybody that watches will enjoy it. Nico, uh, it's, it's interesting in doing what we do because from, let's say, September to March, we are busy in the sense of you're really embedded covering Syracuse athletics, high school sports. It's hyper-local, right? And then right about this time of the year, it kind of shifts a little bit. There's certainly some local things to cover, the end of spring high school sports, the crunch, and things of that nature. But the national scene comes into play a lot. The NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the NFL draft, and there's a local angle there, of course, with you know Alton Robinson and Tristan Jackson and the players that want to get picked. But point being, like, it's insane how much sports we're usually consuming right now. It's the opposite. So... What do you miss the most right now of something you'd really be, in, not necessarily even covering, but just enjoying, just a, something that you like to consume this time of year? Uh, you know, from the work perspective, uh, crunch playoffs. I mean, when we've been in the Tampa years, seeing that this time of year more often than not, this would probably be about the first round. They were in the hunt. You never know what would have happened, right? But, I mean, if you, if you know the crunch. They always seem to get that late run and, and make some moves in the playoffs. That's always what's in my head is uh, crunch playoffs and – cold lacrosse games that are fun. There's always, you know, obviously Q's games that would have been fun. They would have been at, you know, at Cornell and things like that. I always think about those as fun games. And I, and I don't need to tell you, I'm, you know, about how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I mean, really frustrating it is to see that five and orange men's team and the women's team was going to be great too. And their seasons just kind of abruptly like that, but there's hope for next year. So I guess I missed the crunch playoffs and, and, I never thought I'd say it when I'm, you know, freezing out there, but I do miss, you know, being at those cold lacrosse games, college and high school. Those are always a lot of fun. I miss the hockey playoffs too. Not only the crunch, I just miss every single night. There is a Stanley Cup playoff game on those random games on on a Wednesday night that go to triple overtime, and it's just the the war of attrition that the Stanley Cup is. But you brought up a lot of great things 
that we're missing right now, and hopefully we'll get them back soon. But one thing we're not going to miss, certainly, is Saturday night, the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation Gala. The basketball goes on on CNY Central. Give us all the details, what time and, and where we can watch and everything, because I know it's part TV, part yeah, you webcast, got it. right? So- yeah, absolutely. So seven to eight o'clock on NBC three, uh, and 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 it's also like you said, simulcast at that same time at cnycentral.com, and on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. But the TV broadcast is seven to eight, but it does continue after eight o'clock on the streaming on social media and on our website. And there's some really cool segments in there. Like, don't think just uh, obviously the TV one comes to mind, uh, but there's some really really cool and unique content. Uh, set for that second uh, bit there, second hour. might not be a full hour, but that second hour on social media. I'll give you a hint on that. Two words, mean tweets. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in, baby. I, I know that's ex- all I can say. I have no insight into this, but I know exactly what that's going to be. I cannot wait to see that. Nico, it's uh, outstanding. Great it's job outstanding. putting this together, uh, Julie and, and Jim and everybody, the whole family, letting you guys in and doing this. And it's all for a great cause, as usual. And we're looking forward to watching it. Always good to hear your voice. Uh, keep up the good work, my friend, and we'll definitely catch up soon. Thank you, Brent. I really appreciate you having me and letting me uh, spread the word about this. It's going to be a great time for a great cause, as you know. So I thought it would be fun to ask the great listeners and Twitter followers at Brent Axe Media, who are some names that fit the bill for Syracuse on this? So I'm going to mix in some of their responses with a couple of mine as well. This is the first name that I thought of, honestly. Number six. And I think we now can make that determination that he didn't make it because he's not in the league anymore. Ryan Nassib. I thought Ryan Nassib was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I did. I thought Nassib would... Pick up somewhere, I thought he had the skill set for it, the smarts for it, good enough arm, came out of a pro-style offense at Syracuse that last year, NFL offensive coordinator in Doug Marone. I, you got to remember, go back to that draft, go back to that year, and of course there was the speculation that NASA was going to end up with Marone because he was coaching the Bills. There were people that had Ryan Nassib as a first-round grade. There was that one dope whose name I can't remember right now, but I'd like to call him out because he was just an idiot for suggesting this, but that had Nassib as the top prospect in the draft. Like, that was a stunner for a lot of people that Nassib fell to the fourth round. And then he ends up with the Giants, and it's like, well, you're not going to edge Eli Manning out of there. Had a little bit of a run with Jacksonville, right? But I thought Nassib would be an NFL quarterback. I really did. Number five. A couple of you responded on Twitter with this name, and I think it's a great choice. And I want to give a shout-out to those that... This was from Jeff Abrams, who says, Johnny Moran, kid was so damn talented, never expected him to be a team's wide receiver one, but thought he'd be a useful piece for a few years. Never expected eight receptions in three years, and done. Great choice. Johnny Moran looked the part... Big, tall, lengthy, speed receiver. He ended up on the Raiders at one point. Like, okay, well, they're going to utilize him. He kind of bounced around the league a couple different times. I'm with Jeff. I didn't think he'd be like a, a wide receiver one, a star, a pro bowler. But those numbers, that doesn't fit what we thought he would be. Number four. A couple of you suggested this, including uh, Stevie's Wonder, at Stevie's Wonder on Twitter, great name. Quentin Spotwood, and he said Jim Turner as well, was a terrific wide receiver at Syracuse. Yes, Spotwood looked the part. Spotwood, maybe not what Marvin Harrison was, but certainly I think should have been a solid multi-year receiver 
in the NFL. Number three. Donnie McPherson. Most popular choice, by the way. Jacob Russell sent that in. Captain Gordon sent that in. And a couple other people on Twitter suggested that. Donnie McPherson. Now, Donnie McPherson had a great run in the CFL. Let's not forget that. But we're talking about NFL. We're talking about, I mean, all set up, undefeated year. Now, he came out of an option offense, but when Donnie threw the ball, he could throw the ball. right? Just think of that Rob Moore pass. Just somebody that... This is 87, right? This is Warren Moon's coming up. This is trying to think, Randall Cunningham, right? Like Donnie McPherson, it felt like he could kind of be that quarterback at the next level, but just didn't do it. Number two. As suggested by Coach Fresina, Walter Reyes. Now, I didn't think Walter Reyes would be a star. I didn't think Walter Reyes would be a 10-year pro. And the shelf life on running backs in the NFL is as short as it is. But he didn't even get picked. Just look at, just glancing at it here. So you go back to 2004. We mentioned Johnny Morant. Boy, looking at this list, it's really interesting. This is just all the players that have been picked in recent years. You could almost make a all-didn't-make-a-team from the different positions. But uh, didn't get picked. 2004, Johnny Morant, Christian Ferreira, Kevin Sampson. 2005, Adam Terry, a terrific run in the NFL. 2006, Anthony Smith, Quinn Ojanaka played multi-years in the NFL. James Weish got picked in the seventh round. Ryan LaCasse got picked in the seventh round. 2007, Tar Jackson had a run with Tampa Bay. Won a Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, right? Kelvin Smith. Got picked seventh round, Dolphins. This year, I'm thinking two guys get drafted. Look, Sterling Hoffrichter is going to be on an NFL roster in the fall. I'm convinced of that. Will Kendall Coleman get drafted? Maybe sixth round pick, seventh round pick. Alt Robinson's getting drafted. That, if I could bet on that, I would bet on that. Now, the wild card to me is Tristan Jackson. And we'll discuss this a lot more on tomorrow's show because it'll be the day of the draft and we'll really get into it. Tristan Jackson was ranked today by Mel Kuyper as, I think, 30th best receiver. And you're like, well, so what does that mean? Well, there's going to be a run on wide receivers. There's going to be a ton of wide receivers taken in this draft. That could help Tristan Jackson. Because when that run starts, if you're in a certain ranking, you're in a certain level, someone's going to take a flyer and pick you. Fifth, sixth round. But the number one choice, number one, pains me to say it, my good friend Dan Conley. Dan Conley doesn't get hurt, and Dan Conley certainly had a share of injuries in college, but he shredded his knee at the, he can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was the East-West Shrine game. It was was one of those all-star games, and he got hurt. He doesn't get hurt. He's playing in the NFL, and I think would have gone on to be a six, seven, eight-year pro in the National Football League. Some good submissions from you. And looking at this list now, we might have to circle back on this topic and really like do a second and third version of this because I'm seeing some other names on here. You're like, man, that guy didn't make it in the NFL. We were convinced that he would. Good suggestion uh, from you on Twitter. Good stuff there. And it's just nice to be talking NFL draft, right? we got to get one more break in here, though, before we... Say goodbye for a Wednesday evening. Stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio.